Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Talking about Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talk about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, entering week five, Indianapolis Colts 2-2, two and two. rest of the AFC South 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Colts looking to do something that probably not a lot of people will guess that they can uh, pull off this week in trying to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs. And for starters, Wednesday's injury report does not look all that uh, all that helpful. So uh, Paris Campbell, Clayton Gathers, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, Malik Hooker, Tyquan Lewis, and Marlon Mack all did not participate Wednesday. Uh, Paris has an abdominal issue. Clayton Gathers, as you guys know, entered concussion protocol. Uh, Hilton with his quad, Hooker's knee, and Lewis and Mac both having ankle issues. One of the side notes uh, of positivity coming out of this was that Darius Leonard was limited Wednesday. So that's nice to see. But this is such a long uh, – it's such a long road coming back from concussion protocol. I mean, they're either having symptoms and they lose them quickly and they kind of fly through or the thing just seems to get – uh, more and more just kind of uh, pushed off and, and they have to go through this they have to get on on the field and practice and, and do this non-contact then they got to be able to do contact all this other stuff that goes into this so Darius Leonard's not a given by any means in this game but at least it's nice to see that he's on the field and, and doing something so hopefully this is all part of the procedure and, and we can start to see him back on the field soon because the Colts desperately need him and several other of these guys that are on this injury report. So not good news for the Colts and the injury report going into Kansas City. Uh, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, this was going to be a difficult game any way you slice it, whether or not, whether or not, excuse me, the Colts were to be able to get everybody healthy. So uh, that we've got that. <laughs> I mean... Uh, it's going to be a rough one. This is going to be one of the most explosive offenses uh, in, in the NFL, guys. And, and quite honestly, you know, the Colts are are not a very good team right now. Most definitely uh, not a very good defense. And the, the Colts just can't afford to, to be lax. The Colts can't afford to be anything less than their best, quite honestly, right now. And it's a big issue. So, I mean, it, it, as if it wasn't. An, a, a larger issue in general. The Colts are one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL right now in terms of yards per rush. And that's not really the issue that a lot of people are concerned about against Kansas City, but I'm, I am I tend to say I think that they might want to be. I think the Colts really probably are inviting teams, even who aren't prominent rushing machines, to come after them. Uh, on the ground and and I think that we'll see a lot more running from Kansas City than anybody expects because once that happens the Colts are gonna have to suck up and they're gonna have to play the run and then Mahomes can probably go off and do what he wants to do I'm not happy about this game this is not a good game especially for the way the Colts are playing right now they would have to turn everything upside down and on on its head to to really have in my opinion to be within a score in this game Uh, I think Frank Reich probably agrees with most that that he had a bad game last week. The Colts know they had a bad game offensively for much of the game. And defensively, they haven't had a good game really at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Not a complete game anyways. Uh, The Colts right now are 27th in the league, uh, giving up nine touchdown passes. 
So that that's not a good sign either, especially when you're playing somebody that can flip it like Mahomes. This is just not good. I mean, uh, yards per game, you know, they're they're not terrible, but a lot of teams aren't having to pass against them. That's the kind of the thing to be perfectly honest about their situation. The Colts are kind of right there in the middle, uh, sitting at 13th, giving up 230 passing yards a game. But like I said, this is a, a, an issue when teams don't really have to pass all that much. They're, they're successful when they do. They run up the score, then they run the ball down your throat. And, and the Colts right now are a bad defense. The, apparently there's some talk about them trying some snaps out uh, with Quincy Wilson at safety uh, because of the way that the Colts have lost players, Malik Hooker, then Clayton Gathers. Now we got Kari Willis, who's played his butt off so far. But they don't really have much else back there uh, other than Odom. And, and they're, they're just, it just it doesn't sound like there's a lot of confidence in there that they're going to get Gathers back. But they're going to need somebody else that can play safety back there. And now I'm going to, I'm going to say this as well. I, I'm not. This is the typical thing, like around draft time, where people will say, uh, "He's he's six two, six three, something like that. Why not turn him into a safety if he's a corner, or vice versa? You know, something like that." That's not really what this is. I think one of the things that we've seen Quincy deal with in terms of his inability to make plays has been tracking the ball behind him, over his shoulder, over his head. And that's a completely different logistics from uh, a depth perception uh, viewpoint in terms of tracking the ball in front of you. Now, one of the things that I have seen from Quincy Wilson this year that has been positive, in my opinion, probably is one of the reasons why the Colts want to try him out at safety to see how he reacts and how he does, how natural and fluid he is back there or not, uh, is because he's been breaking on the ball really well this year. And I think that that's something they would want him to do. If they have a guy like that with that kind of speed that might be able to play center field to where they can use Kari Willis in there still as that thumper uh, option at, at safety, then I think that's a wise move if he can play. I think Quincy knows the defense well enough. I think he can stay deep. And I think uh, one of the only issues that he had in the past was looking into the backfield. That can't creep back in uh, at safety. He's got to play the quarterback's eyes he's got to be more fundamental back there than being a man-to-man or being in press or even uh you know sitting in a zone uh so it's something that i think that he could do possibly uh i'd be interested to see what the what comes out of that as well but uh first what we're going to do is we're going to get some play uh player grades here from this past week not from the past week but overall in general uh for the colts to see where they are right now and pro football focuses grades. And then we're going to get into our second quarter of the season uh, predictions. And we're going to do that after the break. So uh, we will uh, get into this real quick. And then we'll we'll start on the uh, the second quarter of the of the season predictions, which should be fun. I mean, the Colts right now sitting at two and two. We, we've got uh, some interesting games ahead of us for the next four weeks. So let's kick this off. Let's get to the quarterbacks. This isn't going to be nearly uh, as nice of a week looking at the fo- uh, pro football focus grades uh, that we've had in the past or that we've looked at in the past anyways. Right now, Jacoby Brissett sits at 21st overall with a 64 grade. Um, I-, I think that Jacoby, he didn't take much of a hit for last week, but I think he's done good enough in order to keep this team moving. He's shown that he has to get into a rhythm. He cannot afford to go one for five, one for eight, uh, two for seven, whatever he's doing. He's got to be in a in a, in a a bit of a rhythm early on. And, and a lot of that comes with Frank Reich, but Jacoby Brissett's got to keep himself under control as well. And they can't go aggressive in those first five to ten opportunities, in my opinion. So uh, moving on to the running backs, Marlon Max sits at eight with 78.9 in spite of not having like a breakout 100-yard game last week. Pro Football Focus still appreciates him and how he's running, and I, and I have to be uh, on board with that for the most part. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Naheem Hines sits at 25th for the Colts with a 67.0 grade, and I, I think that that's largely because of his ability out of the backfield. He's got a 76.5 grade out of the backfield uh, in terms of a receiver and a 54.3 grade uh, as a running back. So I think that's pretty telling. It makes sense. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of see where he goes from there. I, I was real surprised last week. And one of the things that surprised me is that he went for it or that Reich went for it with Naheem Hines on third and one 
Didn't make it. Goes for it again on fourth and one or whatever it was, two maybe. And somehow he made it. I, I just thought that was, uh, man, beyond ballsy because I didn't have the trust in Hines to do that. He obviously did. So moving on to the wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton sits at 14th overall with a 78.9 grade. Uh, he's probably a 100 in terms of the Colts, in terms of how important he is to that Colts offense right now. It, it's pretty insane the 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 void that's left with him being gone. It, it's it, with the other guys for the most part, aside from maybe Zach Pascal not showing up. Uh, he he's that much more important. We expected Deion Kane and Paris Campbell maybe to be a little further along in their development here and being able to kind of shoulder some of that burden, but they clearly have not been able to at this point. Zach Pascal comes in at 34 overall with a 70.7 grade. Uh, he's been good. He's a lot, Some of the stuff's been schemed for him, but Zach Pascal does a lot of the little things that uh, makes coaches happy. And, and Pascal has, has done a nice job catching the ball this year as well. Paris Campbell comes in at 76th overall with a 59.5 grade. And uh, it, I think that's, I mean, that's such limited snaps. And, and again, Deion Kane comes in at uh, 99th overall, 52.3. Chester Rogers at 105 with a 47.4. This receiving core is is a struggle right now. It's kind of hard to be able to, to paint them into a corner. They're just not that good, I mean, as a, as a group without T.Y. Hilton. They have a lot of potential, a, a ton of potential, but they're just not that good right now. And they've got to get better. They've got to be more reliable. They've got to run better routes. They've got to finish their damn routes. And right now, I mean, be perfectly honest with you, Deion Kane's got to come out of the shadow and, and start to make some noise. We saw some long runs uh, after the catch from him in the preseason. Uh, personally, last year, I know a lot of people were kind of, you know, minimizing the fact that he had such a good camp last year before his injury. But, man, he was running those 15-yard deep ends, and he looked good doing it. And he was going up for the ball. He was catching the ball low. He, he's got the talent. He's got the ability. He's got the speed to do something with it after he catches the ball. And he just needs to come to play. He just needs to come and, and be a better route runner possibly because there's a there has to be something uh, that signifies why he's not a little bit more involved, especially when their number one receiver uh, is sidelined. So let's move on to the tight ends. Mo Alley-Cox this week comes in as the Colts' top-rated tight end. He's at eighth overall with a 78.9 grade. Pretty impressive from him. Not a ton of snaps, but, man, he is a good blocker. He's shown to be a uh, reliable receiver, and he does good in the pass block, and he does good in run block. He's especially good in pass blocking, 77.8. I think he's about that same spot in the league in terms of uh, where he's at eighth or ninth in pass blocking overall. So impressive uh, for a guy that's just kind of come on and, you know, looks like he might be the next wave of tight ends as opposed to being there already. Jack Doyle sits at 17th overall with a 68.6 grade. Doyle, you know, after that hit, I'm glad that he is not in concussion protocol. I'm glad that he's fine. And, uh, you know, he's proving that he's still the same reliable guy, uh, being able to block, being able to receive the ball, everything. So Ebron, in, entirely way too terrible of a game for, for him to have that many drops uh, last week, he's at 39th overall with a 58.5 grade. He really needs to do something to improve himself, uh, and he needs to do it quick because, <clears throat> quite honestly, if he continues to have those drops, the Colts are really going to struggle to get some points. I mean, those were terrible drops, not just because they hit him perfectly in the hands. At least a few of them did. Um, the The fact that he is is not getting the yards after the catch from that he those were wide I mean he had room to move afterwards uh bad timing uh third downs you know that that all that stuff it matters especially when you're late in the game you need to score and that doesn't happen and then a couple of plays later you have to punt that's just it's just a really bad situation for him right now in my opinion obviously he can come out of it but this is in his history so we're going to have games like this from him uh, let's hope that we just don't have very many of them. Uh, moving on to tackle, Anthony Costanzo, quietly number third overall, tied with Matt Feeler uh, out of Pittsburgh with an 81.1 grade. I think that Anthony Costanzo has been so quiet this year in terms of people aren't talking about how good he's been. He has been locked down. He and Quentin Nelson are a legit one-two punch over on the left side of the Colts line. And, and he's had another fantastic year. We don't hear anybody bitching about him or anything like that, and I love it 
because he is doing a damn good job. Uh, Braden Smith at 20th overall with a 68.3 grade. Pretty effective, pretty pretty uh, standard across between run and pass blocking, and I think he's doing a very good job as well. I don't think that he is able to pick up a lot of the stuff that's inside of him. I think that's more on Glowinski. Um, but but it just in general, man-to-man, when he's matched up, he's done a pretty damn good job, I think, of keeping the rusher outside of the pocket to be able to take away some of the interior rush when that's where they go. He's done a pretty good job. I mean, I'm going to say he's great. He's done a pretty good job. It's inside of him, honestly, that really struggles. The Colts have the fifth-ranked guard on the left side uh, per PFF, Quentin Nelson, at 804 and he's like I said, he's done a great job over there as well. Sorry about my my throat here, but uh, he's done an excellent job. He's done exactly what we expect him to do. He's he's kind of done his uh, you know back to back seasons, just kicking people's ass, <laughs> and that's all he's doing, and that's what he continues to do. Mark Gowinski, on the other hand, comes in around fifty, uh, actually at fifty. Sorry, not around fifty, but with a fifty six point seven overall grade. He's got to get better. Glowinski was a guy that kind of came out of the woodwork and was en- ended up getting, you know, an extension and, you know, most felt he deserved it. He's got to play better than what he has so far. He just has not come to play and he he's struggling to pick up some uh some blitzes, but at the same time, the, you know, a lot of teams are throwing some stuff at them that the Colts haven't been ready for, and that's just in general. That's not nece- necessarily on the offensive line. That's kind of on, you know, the design and the play call. But that's I mean, it's a kind of a coin flip of who you want to blame. Running back Frank Reich for not being prepared to see it. Uh, maybe even Jacoby Brissett a little bit for not setting his protection, not being uh, cognizant to what's coming off the edges, whether it's a corner or something else. So, I mean, he plays a role in that as well. Uh, moving on to the centers, Ryan Kelly's at 15th somehow after an awful game. This past week, he's at a 61.8 overall grade. He's had a fantastic career. He's very good. He has not played good lately. Um, he needs to get much, much better, and hopefully very soon because he really is a guy that needs to help Gowinski out. Gowinski and him together getting pushed around like they did against the Young Bucks from the Raiders, that's really, really bad news. Um, moving on to the cornerbacks, Kenny Moore still the top-ranked Colts corner at a uh, 28th with a 68.3 grade. He's been pretty good, not as loud as he was last year in terms of making some plays because mostly this defense all combined, they're not making plays. Rocky Sin comes in tied at 44th overall with Kyle Fuller uh, with a 64.4 grade. He's had a good start. I think he needs to get better at ball location as well. Pierre Dessert, 67th overall, 59.8 grade. So you like... that those three are, are in the tops there, uh, but you know, they're doing okay. I'm not, I'm not going to hate on them. Uh, Quincy Wilson's got to get better. A lot of them have to get better. So we can hope that, uh, they'll be doing that pretty soon. Moving on to the safeties. Hooker is still at 13th overall with a 76.1 grade. The next Colts safety ranked in is at Kari Willis at 21st overall with a 69.5 grade. Uh, go figure. Clayton Gethers isn't even on this list uh, of people in the top 50. He's at 59th, and he's got a 56.4 grade. They're not loving him, that's for sure, and I don't blame him. But the Colts have what they've got right now. I didn't see safety as such a big issue. Uh, the Colts did address it with Kari Willis, but the Colts may need to address it again uh, for some depth purposes and maybe to try to get even better than Kari Willis uh, whenever they get an opportunity to as well. Uh, moving on to the linebackers, Colts don't have uh, really anybody in here making noise, and that's kind of scary. However, Bobby Okariki is the only one in the top 50 for the Colts, and he's at 58 point, or 45th with a 58.3 overall grade. And this linebacking core has just been a, uh, a disaster, honestly, this year. They're not playing well. They're not, uh, you know, they haven't had Darius Slender for the past couple weeks. The first week of the season, he played terrible. The second week, he played a little better. Just in general, we expected to see this depth pay off at linebacker, and it's not right now. Getting a lot of tackles at Anthony Walker, not getting a lot of good play. Granted, he's had to switch positions. Okariki hasn't been fantastic, I don't think, but Okariki's been pretty decent. I'd love to see them flip-flop those two this week if for some reason Leonard can't go. 
Um, the only other one in the top 79 that's gradable is Anthony Walker at 78 overall with a 32.6 grade. I, I'm going to have to go ahead and agree at least with the, uh, the overall grading in terms of where they've got Anthony Walker graded. He just hasn't been very good. Uh, the Colts interior defensive line, same thing. They're, they're just not getting anybody in, that's playing well enough to really play, you know, be in this top 50 other than one guy. And I don't think he really deserves to be in the top 50, perfectly honest with you. Uh, Danico Autry's at 45th overall with a 72.7 grade. And I just don't know if he deserves that, quite honestly. I don't know that he's been that good. Um, I haven't, I won't try to attempt and say that I've watched the film uh, steadily to, to kind of watch where he's at. But I don't think he's had very good seasons so far. Marcus Hunt and Grover Stewart sitting at 102 and 103, respectively, with a 51.4 for Hunt and a 50.7 for Grover. And that is just not good enough. This Colts interior defensive line has to be much, much better than this, and they're just not right now. Uh, Their pass rush isn't coming off the edge. It's not coming off the interior. There's a problem. It's a real problem for the Colts right now. There's a lot going on with this defense that the Colts need to rectify. So let's move on to the edges real quick and see what we've got over there. And it just continues that the young guys aren't getting uh, the, 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 those, those great games uh, right now. We're not seeing great games out of Kamoko Ture. We're seeing a couple of bit of flashes, nothing to really write home about. Justin Houston's the old guy that everybody's cracking on right now, but he's, he's done pretty well overall. The Colts are facing a lot of teams trying to throw the ball quickly. He's doing as well as he can, getting some pressure. I don't, he's not getting production in terms of sacks, really. But he's at 41 overall with a 70 uh, grade. And that really kind of rounds out the Colts uh, in the top 50. The Colts right now have Al-Kadim Muhammad sitting at 67 overall with a 62.2 grade. Um, I, I like Kaneem Muhammad. I think he's okay. I, obviously, he's not doing much else. And when you look at other guys, where are the other guys on here? Where is Kamoko Ture on this list? Where is you know Ben Banigou? Those two guys should be the next level uh, right here. And I would say in the 60s or 70s, that's where you want your backup guys to be. And they're just not. And, you know, Jabal Sheard's going to get in here some more time. Uh, Kadeem Muhammad's time is going to drop. Uh, maybe they're going to do some sort of a shuffle. But look, Ben Banigou had, I think, in my opinion, a lot of the opportunity to get busy. Kamoko Ture, he had the opportunity to get busy. These guys just got to get better. And right now, the Colts right now, their PFF grades are definitely showing that they're just not a very good football team right now all the way through. So... Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with our second quarter of the season predictions, and we'll see you guys right after the break. Okay, guys, I want to talk to you about TickPick. TickPick is a great way to get tickets to see the Colts or any other sports, music, or entertainment event of your choice. Not only will you save 10 to 15% off every ticket order, you can do it without any annoying fees at checkout. Think StubHub, but without the fees. Just head to TickPick.com, select your seats, and head to checkout. Get on your way to the next Colts game with TickPick. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. 
when you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, folks, we are back. And uh, guess who we've got with us tonight? Jim Campbell. <laughs> Told you guys he was going to come back and do the second quarter of the season predictions with me. Jim, thank you for coming back on the show, my man. No problem. Thanks a lot, Matt. Absolutely. So, look, I mean, we're going to just kick this bad boy off. We're looking into week five. Yeah. Colts Chiefs, man. This I, I, I kind of preluded into this a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, this is a, a game, in my opinion, where the Colts have to dominate. Uh, just to keep it close, man. This is scary. Yeah. This is not. This is not a good setup for the Colts uh, when you put the injury concerns on there, mm-hmm. lack of execution, a lot of bad, bad things coming out. Uh, not only do the team have to be great, but Frank Reich has to be great in Week Five. And like I said, this is this could be and just disaster. This could be a murder scene. This is yeah. It's going into it. You know, or prior to last week's game and Marlon Mack getting hurt, my thoughts were okay. The run defense isn't great on Kansas City. Let's, at best, let's keep it close, possibly, and just run the ball down their throats. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, even though Wilkins and, and Hines are good, they're, they're not Marlon Mack. And right. and I don't know if we're going to be able to do that uh, coming up here with, with the injuries we've got. So, yeah, I, I'm right there with you on that concern. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, and like you said, it, it would make sense had the Colts been able to have Marlon Mack healthy right now, because aside from the Colts being what 31st in run defense in terms of yards per yeah. carry, the, the chiefs are 32nd. They're yep. the only team worse than the Colts right now in stopping the run. So that would be great if, if the Colts mm-hmm. had a, a strong running attack against these guys. And, you know, uh, maybe it's, maybe we'll luck out and Marlon Mack will be able to play. Won't need, more than 15 carries because maybe somehow Jordan Wilkins uh, has this Chiefs defense in, in an uproar. I, I don't know, but this is I, that. That's a great pipe dream. Yeah. I think there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they are just as bad as the Colts have been, or not worse as they have. And maybe we don't need Marlon Mack to do that. Maybe Wilkins and Hines can be that that duo that that get it done. I, I'm just not seeing it. As much as I like both of them, I think they both have been playing fairly well this year. I I don't know. I have little to no hopes for this game. No. With any kind of a workload, if Naheem Hines could average just three yards a carry, I'd be one happy dude. Yep. Be great. Yeah. I mean, because he just does not do that. That is just not, in my opinion, the Colts just simply do not have him there for that. That's not what he does. He doesn't do it well. And, you know, we saw – and I've said this maybe five minutes ago even on the show – I could not believe the third and short, whatever is third and one, third and two that they ran for it didn't go, didn't get it with Naheem Hines, and then Frank Wright comes back on fourth down with no break in between, goes right back, single set back set, Naheem Hines converts the fourth down. That mm-hmm. blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, I it, thought it was, it was bad. pretty gutsy. I thought it was a bad <laughs> decision to do it on third down. Yeah, and then he does it on fourth down. I'm like, oh, sh- woof. Okay, <laughs> well, I mean, it worked, you know, but. Good God. That's yeah. a scary thought for him to be your backup, in my opinion, for, for a game like this. Yeah, and, and I I hope that's not the case. It'd be nice to see Marlon Mack get out there and, and help us keep this as close as I would like it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think this a healthy Colts offense can put a hurting on this, this Kansas City defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not there at the moment. Yeah, so we went through our first quarter – of the season predictions and we I think we both had them at three and one I had the Colts beating the Chargers and I think you had the Colts beating the Falcons I think that was our only difference yes yeah so I don't think either one of us were too bad the Colts should have beat the Chargers and they absolutely did beat the Falcons so uh two and two with predictions of three and one not terrible I I just cannot 
think and fathom a way right now where the Colts can be within 10 points of the Chiefs? Um, I have my current score predictions having them within 10 points, mm. but that's the homer in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to keep some optimism in yeah. this game. I mean, I, I wrote this game off a long time ago. I know I probably shouldn't have done that, but I think most sane people did uh, <laughs> in this case. Uh, and my score, like I said, might be a little pipe dreamy, uh, but I still have a feeling that this, if, if we get potentially maybe T.Y. back, Mm-hmm. which we don't know what that's going to be like after today's injury report. Uh, we could still put a hurting on this, this defense. Uh, I'm not going to say shootout levels. Right. Uh, but I think we can score some points. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think we can score as many points as Kansas city can. No. And Marlon Mack is so crucial to this game yeah. plan right now. Uh, yep. yeah, I, I, okay. So we're both at least on the same page. We're not giving the Colts this win. So, yeah. Uh, right now, you and I both will have the Colts sitting at two and three entering week six for their bye. Yep. That bye could not come any better of a time for the Colts, in my opinion. Uh, so we know that. Hopefully, we'll at least have some guys back. Whoever doesn't make it back into the lineup this week, we'll have more back for our week seven matchup with the Texans at home. Um, one o'clock game. Uh, Texans yeah. kind of. It's so funny with the Texans because I just don't give them the credit that I think a lot of people nationally do because anytime the Texans have a good showing, they're like, oh, the Texans now, they're going to take over the AFC South. But, you know, in all fairness, people say that about the Colts as well. Mm-hmm. But just the same, I, I, you know, I know that Deshaun Watson is a good player. I know they've got a really good defense when they want to be. Um, I just don't see the Texans for some reason for what a lot of people, uh, other people see. I, I think that the Colts absolutely – I know that the Colts can beat the Texans, especially at home, but this is going to be a game where I almost feel like we're not really going to know until uh, five minutes to go in the game if anybody's got control of this one or not. I feel the exact same way. When you look at what these two teams are averaging right now mm-hmm. as far as yards on uh, offense, yards given up on defense, points allowed, all that good stuff, they're – pretty close in a lot of those categories so i mean at least on paper these teams seem rather evenly matched then throw in the divisional rival portion of that and it it amps it up even more Mm -hmm. um i'm going to this game actually so i'm really excited about it Mm, uh so yeah i think this game is going to come down to the wire i i think yeah like you said within the last couple minutes of the game it's that's where this is going to be decided i think this is going to be a close one uh and i think it's going to be a really exciting game yep that last year I went to their home game against the Texans and we know what happened on that game. Yep. Uh, with the whole Frank Reich decision. A lot of people didn't like me that day. I think cause I was there and I was so pissed off that the Colts didn't come away with a win when they absolutely should have handed them 14 <laughs> points in like the first six minutes of the game. And yeah. still some managed to come back and actually make, you know, it to where they still should have won. And that was weird uh, to see that. Yeah. This one kind of, to me just, it makes my skin crawl right now because I don't know what kind of performance the Colts are going to put up against the Chiefs. I don't know if between that game uh, through their bye and into the the Week 7 game against the Texans, if the Colts are going to earn a damn pass rush, if they're going to be able to do anything uh, after five yards downfield. And this is something that we've seen Deshaun Watson do. He's got some, some, you know, weapons now, but he's – I – personally think he is damn good at hitting in between those zones and that's crucial with guys that can run after the catch yeah and i was actually just thinking to myself too if the colts defense continues to play as it has the past couple weeks uh deshaun watson is going to probably breathe a bit of a sigh of relief that those sack numbers for the season are going to go down a little bit Mm -hmm. they're going to skew down a bit because we have not been able to get after the quarterback at all which is saying something that i'm saying this about deshaun watson who's what set to average 60 something again Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, I just have no faith in the Colts pass rush after the past couple weeks to, uh, to say that we're going to get after him as much as we should get after him with the way that offensive line has been playing. And so, yeah, I think he's going to, he's going to attack that the middle of that zone and he's going to have time to do it, which is the scary part. Right. That, that is the scary. That's the worst part about it. Um, Yeah. The other, the other thing that kind of makes me, uh, worry about this game is that the turnover issues the Colts have only created three turnovers this year as far as I can remember um, and, and they've only got one in the last two games you know you yep. mass that with or match that with no pass rush 
you match that with a team, any anybody ultimately being able to run the ball down their throat. Everybody has. Some teams mm-hmm. haven't ran it any further because they the Colts were lucky enough to be up a couple scores at the time, so they had to go to the pass. But anytime teams run the ball, they are absolutely just pummeling the Colts. I mean, through the interior. Now the Colts, I I think that the Colts do a pretty solid job of tackling on the edge. I like what they do when they get out on the perimeter and run. Um, but the Colts can't do anything between the tackles right now defensively, and that's an impossible thing that cannot – it simply cannot happen with a defense where you are in primary cover two uh, a lot of the time. Your linebackers a lot of time are are dropping into coverage. Mm-hmm. Matthew Adams hasn't been successful on his blitz opportunities. The Colts are getting – are being seen for what they are when they try to send a corner now. It's mm-hmm. just not working. So the Colts have to do something to that. Um, honestly – I think the Colts suck out of bye weeks, so I'm going to give the Texans this win, and I'm going oh, to wow. hope that the Colts can get something right by the next time that they match up. See, I was just going – I have the Colts winning this one. I was going purely based on uh, the fact that they would hopefully be healthy coming out of the bye week. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe there's the weird off chance that we are going to actually get Malik Hooker back that game. I know he said it today, so I got excited about it. Mm-hmm. probably not gonna be the case more than likely you know they gave us four to six weeks in most cases it's closer to the six right. uh but if he were to come back that week great right. uh you know if we can get a fully healthy squad back in that'll be really interesting being at, at home having the crowd energy i think it can push them over the edge mm-hmm. but i he could go either way i have them winning this but i totally see what you're saying on that as well God, I, ho- I hope that they can. I just, man, they just, when every time I see them come out of a bye, it's like they're just worse. And I, I don't know. And, and you match that with guys who haven't played, who are, they're going to be healthy. Yes, that's great that they're going to be healthy, but they haven't had a real game in at least three weeks, it seems like, because most of them, I think, are going to miss this Chiefs game. I really do. So that, that yeah, point, I think you know, so. I mean, Hilton, does he, does he play or does Frank Wright kind of lay up and say, hey, we're going to arrest you this week? Uh, because you're not 100%, and then we're going to give you the bye week to come back and ready for the Texans. And if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of other guys, in my opinion, who just aren't going to make this game. They're going to be three weeks without a game, and that's not going to bode well for the Colts. So I'm gonna, I'm chalking this one up as a loss right now. So uh, you have the Colts at 3-3 three and three heading into week mm-hmm. eight. I have the Colts at 2-4. and four. And I honestly, as much as I hate even looking at the Texans logo and thinking, that the Colts could lose to them, I just don't feel it right now, and and that sucks because, and, and I think that that votes through the rest of the uh, the fan base. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean the Colts mm-hmm. fan base in, in these fan polls uh, surveys have been pretty uh, drastic. You know, when the Colts don't have a good game, they drop, and, and I'll tell you what, the fan polls uh, article is coming out tomorrow, and you guys will see. Uh, we are a fickle bunch, and we do not yes. like when the team does not play well. So. Uh, we do not. We waver quite a bit, regardless of how much faith people have in, in Frank Reich or the, this this ship kind of riding itself in general. So, um, I guess the good thing about this is that when the Colts do go into Week Eight after the Texans, uh, it's against the Broncos. Yeah, and, and it's also <laughs> at home. So uh, I, I look. Flacco doesn't do anything for me. The the, the Broncos lost Chubb. Their defense has been really bad uh, this year, uh, considering all the, the, the how good they are expected to be. Their mm-hmm. offense has been okay, but they're just not scaring anybody at all. And you know, I, I just don't think that the Colts can lose this one personally. This is this to me seems like a, a after a where I've got them at a two and four start through the first six games. I think this is where the Colts kind of bounce back, and I think this is where fans will start to fall in behind the team a lot of people will start to see what they're doing because the Colts have some pretty easy games coming up in terms of uh overall record against teams I mean they play the Broncos I'm going to give them the win in this one in week Mm. eight but then they play the Steelers week nine we'll talk about that here in a second the next two games are the Dolphins and Jaguars now Jaguars look good under Minshew uh you know behind center but the Dolphins are are a dumpster fire so that there's three games the Broncos, just the way they are, the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger, and the Dolphins without much of a team at all. So <laughs> I, I think I've got to go with at least here in Week Eight. I'm going to give the Colts the the win over the Broncos. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you too. I, mean, I don't know what the Broncos are at this point, and I don't think they do either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I 
based on what I have seen, you know, I haven't followed him too closely, but I've seen some highlights and seen the scores, and it, it it's not great. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. All right, so I've got the Colts now sitting at three and four. You've got them at four and three. So we've got a two-game spread here uh, between <laughs> these, which is is kind of well, we shouldn't, but we do. We, it's yeah. just the way it is, you know. We do. So heading into Week Nine, Colts and Steelers. Obviously, you know they don't have Roethlisberger, but they're getting some good quarterback play right now, and they won a game last week. So I mean, the Steelers aren't this terrible team uh, without Roethlisberger. They actually look like they're playing pretty solid football right now. Their defense is pretty dangerous. Obviously, the trade for Mika Fitzpatrick. Now he's in their secondary. This isn't exactly a, a cakewalk either. I think this could be one of those games that's a 24-23 game. Um, and and this, I hate to do this as well, but the Colts don't play well in Pittsburgh. They do not. And I can't give the Colts this win. I, I, have, to, I have to take the Colts down to 3-5 and five after the first half of the season, and, and regrettably so. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, just because the history in Heinz Field does not bode well for us. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's going to be really close, so I think it's going to be a better effort uh, than we've seen in the past mm-hmm. uh, from the Colts. Uh, with that being said, you know, if we if we do get healthy out of the bye and stay healthy through those next couple weeks, our secondary could look a little bit better with you know Malik Hooker possibly back up to some sort of speed, and maybe I'm gonna go down a limb here, Kari Willis mm-hmm. starts alongside him, yes, in some capacity. And gives us, uh, you know, a safety duo that's something to be feared uh, on both the land and and through the air, on the ground and through the air. So maybe, but history just doesn't work well for me. It's kind of the same thing I had with the Chargers. We should have beat them, Mm -hmm. but we didn't because they're the Chargers. (laughs) And it's just the unfortunate reality we have faced time and time again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a real close game, but I'm, I'm going to give Pittsburgh the win on this one, too. Yeah, me too. This is just not going to be the blowout that the Colts are used to with Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and, you know, all the other Bs that they've got there. This <laughs> just It just isn't – I think – man, this could be such a close game. But And the Colts yeah. could and, – and the funny thing about this is, I like you mentioned, <clears throat> if the Colts come out of here, out of the bye, and they're healthy and they're ready to go, they could go in there and and really put a hurting on Pittsburgh. I think. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that as as being the case. It, it just had, like we said earlier, they just have not been treated well at Heinz Field. They're they're really a team right now that's struggling to find their identity in a lot of aspects. Because right now their identity is that their defense sucks and their offense is in, is inconsistent. I mean yeah. that that's their identity. That's who they are uh, to other teams, which doesn't make anybody fear them as well nobody's scared yep. that Jacoby Brissett's going over the top despite the fact he's got a nice arm because the Colts right now aren't working both sets or both aspects of the offense together uh they're not catching passes when they do go underneath their t- to their tight ends they can't go over the top because they haven't created enough underneath uh with any consistency and that's a problem mm-hmm. so the Colts have a lot of issues right now and they've got a lot of work to get them right hopefully they can I, I really would love to see them do this but man so i have the colts at three and five where you where do you have them 500 then four and four yeah four and four okay so then we're still just a game off that's not yeah that's not bad i i think what do you think okay so if let's do mine first just because mine's losing you know we're two games under 500 at three and five Mm -hmm. with mine What, what are your thoughts one way or another however it rolls out if the colts are three and five heading into you know the second half of the season um, not the worst thing in the world, because uh, our schedule on paper seemed a bit harder, but injuries and things like that maybe have smoothed it out for us a little bit mm-hmm. on the back half, especially when you look at like the Dolphins are coming up. Right. So um, I, I think there's still a possibility uh, that the Colts uh, could go on a run. Uh, I, I'd have to do some more uh, going in three and five. I'm a little bit more worried than if we go in at 500. Mm. Um, I still think there's a real possibility. We are fighting with Houston for this division, you know, deep into this season. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, those uh, November, December games are going to be 
and especially we got a bunch of divisional games on the back half yeah. uh, of the schedule. They're going to be really important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're always important, but I think they're going to be a bit more important than Colts fans were prepared for them to be going into the season originally. Yeah. Um, uh, if Jacoby can keep up with his, with his somewhat consistent play and the rest of the offense can rally around him to that level of consistency, not I don't really blame the last game on him right? Uh, so much as, you know, we do the receivers uh, across the board, all the pass catchers, mm-hmm. um, except for Naheem Himes, apparently. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think if they can rally together, we are we are fighting for this division. I, I, I think I don't think we're going to have a good enough schedule that two or a good enough record that two teams make it to the playoffs from right. this division again. Mm hmm. Uh, I think we're going to send one in, and that's you know whoever's on top at the end of the season. Uh, I think we can do it, but it's going to be a slog. Right. Yeah. See, I wouldn't be surprised if an eight and eight team made the playoffs as a wild card. I just maybe I just really wouldn't because there. I mean, there's a lot of teams right now that don't expect to be where they're at. I mean, the Vikings look great in Week One, just for as a complete example. They look like trash now. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. The Bears simply on their defense are winning regardless yeah. of Mitch Trubisky being terrible and bringing in their backup. You know, there, there's just yeah. so many things that are going on right now. Looking at the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew, uh, obviously the Texans with Deshaun Watson. We don't know if the Titans, well, who they are, because we don't know if they, they, we know who they are against us, but every other team that we lose against, they seem to be able to beat, which is just strange as can be. The Buccaneers put a 50-burger on the Rams the other night. The Saints, you know, who are they without Breeze? We don't know. Uh, but they're new. we know that their defense can play well. The Panthers, the same. They look good under, what is his name, Kyle Allen, their quarterback right now. So even if uh, Cam's not back by then, and then we get the Jaguars again to, to round out the season. So I don't think the Colts have a whole lot of gimmies. You know, the re- it's, this is yeah. – I'm just not uh, one of the more optimistic – uh, voices, I suppose, right now, looking at the 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 road ahead of the Colts and what their 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 record's going to be. So, this is, man, I like I said, I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs. I just don't. I don't think that's possible right now, uh, especially with what they've got injury wise and execution issues. But the Colts, in my opinion, in order to really pull some some serious uh, one eighty on fan confidence they've got to win these you know the the next three games the texans broncos and steelers they win those three then they do have the dolphins jags texans and titans again and those while three of those four are divisional games the colts can definitely beat all three of those teams there's no two Mm -hmm. ways about it but they've got to do it in this next three to make those next four be something that you know they can afford a bad game almost i guess if that makes sense so yeah, the, the the confidence out of these next four games is really that, that comes out of this and their total record afterwards is what's going to kind of put me in in mode for the rest of the season. I think I think if they if they beat Houston, you know, we're 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 going to go out and chalk up Denver as a win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a dangerous thing to do because I just did that with the Raiders, too. And right. <laughs> that didn't work out well. Right. So we're going to chalk Denver up as a win. Even if they, everybody expects them to lose Kansas City. Hell, I I expected them to lose to Kansas City fully healthy with our previous quarterback. Exactly. So you know, and especially with the way this defense is playing, I don't care who you stick under center. That's not a good a good look. Yeah. Um. And but I think if we could beat Houston, and string together those two wins. I, that will put a lot of confidence back in the fans, and we and even if we lose to Pittsburgh, we can go into the middle of the season at 500. They're, they they will keep a lot of the people their confidence up. The divisional wins are big wins, mm-hmm. big confidence boosters, and especially if we're going to topple the current you know number one uh, in the AFC South and the ones who have taken it you know several years from us uh, over the past couple of years, we we can have a, a pretty good rally uh, in the fan base. Exactly. Uh, if we lose that game and lose the Kansas City and Pittsburgh, as you are predicting, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be pretty despondent myself. Yeah, oh, me too. I mean, but look, if the Colts were somehow to win the next three after the Chiefs, that means they're heading into the second half of the season 5-3. and three. That's, a, yeah. a, that's 
exactly what you want to come out of this. I don't care if they get it handed to them by the Chiefs. If they win their next three, that's five and three. They're fighting in the division at this point. And, and yep. to take a win from the Texans, to be able to go into their game against the Dolphins five and three, I think we're going to go ahead and unless the Dolphins turn it around massively this, this <laughs> next four weeks, five weeks, that we give the Dolphins even a uh, percentage chance of winning that game. So that means the Colts head into Jackson or head into their next game with Jacksonville, their first game against Jacksonville, excuse me, uh, at what, six and three. That's a massive mm-hmm. uptick. And then, you know, you never know what the Colts can do. Their next three games are divisional games. Ugh. They they really need momentum going into the second half of the season. I think we've covered that pretty extensively. Yep. So Jim, thank you for for jumping back on the show, man. I, I appreciate you coming back. Always a good time to talk to you. Uh, you guys are doing a great job over there at Stampede Radio. Love listening to the guys' show. Make sure you guys are listening to them uh, as well. They do a great job. Uh, him, Chris Blystone, and Chris Shepard, all great voices uh, here at Stampede Blue, so make sure you guys are checking that. So, Jim, thanks for jumping back on the show, brother. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Make sure that you guys are all getting uh, to Stampede Blue for all your Indianapolis Colts news and analysis. Also, make sure you guys are getting to the i, uh, I'm sorry, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now, and make sure you guys are giving us a, a five-star rating and a review. Don't really care what it says. I am going to read some of the better ones that I've seen lately, though, on one of these shows here in the next few days. So I'm excited to do that. Some of them are pretty fun. I think you guys should check them out as well, Jim. You guys are going to like those. Uh, some of the negative ones are, are, are quite, a, quite a good time to read. So. <laughs> I bet. Uh, make sure you guys are getting uh, all of that on Stampede Blue. Tons of uh, content for you guys. And we're coming back with, what, four or five shows every week. So trying to keep you guys in tune. Uh, hope the Colts don't end up you know, in the spot where I've got them right now. But uh, the Colts 2-2 two and two going into Kansas City. This is a rough match for the Colts, and it's going to be a rough start to the second quarter of the season. So uh, we'll be on tune with you guys all the way through it, and we'll talk to you about it uh, as we go. So thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue.